The EPA has a new chief information officer and important post in a highly data-intensive agency. Vaughn Noga stopped by our studios for an update on technology initiatives. He discussed cloud, builder by software decisions, and digitizing the workforce. We started with Noga's overall IT priorities for the EPA. We have several priorities, um, and it's one of the things that, that when I came into the position about eight months ago, we spent some time with the leadership team uh, there within the IT shop to look at what we have affectionately called what are wildly important goals. And uh, from cybersecurity and how do, we, how do we look at cybersecurity and make it easy for folks to work within that framework, uh, what we found is that uh, a lot of folks didn't understand what was going on within cybersecurity and, and how we were securing applications and the, the level of work that's uh, required for system owners to go through to get an authority to operate from, from the CISO and from myself. Uh, we're looking at shared services. Um, so we're really looking at shared services. And one of the things I've told my folks is, you know, the shared service for the Environmental Protection Agency is environmental information. And so we really need to look at how we are both consuming and we're sharing those, uh, those services and that information to uh, both the, the states and the tribes and the regulated community and the public. Uh, we're looking at uh, how do we make it easier for employees to work with us to find information. So those, those are several uh, priorities. Uh, we're also looking at how we digitize uh, uh, the workforce. Uh, we want to consume, process, and uh, dis- dispose of or have disposition of records uh, through the whole digital life cycle. Uh, and then the last thing we're looking at is how do we uh, look at consolidating records management. One of the things that I, that I was able to do uh, in a previous position was to look at how we're storing paper records across EPA. And what became very interesting at that point was how much money that not just the EPA, but I would say the federal government spends in storing paper uh, records. And so we're really looking at and focused on – Even this late in the 21st century. Even this late in the 21st century, exactly. So th- those are uh, several of the priorities. Now, a lot of these seem to have maybe cloud in common when you talk about shared services or digitizing the workforce and – and storage, for that matter, if things are digitized and then stored, do you have a cogent cloud strategy? And how far along are you? Yeah, I think uh, I think we've fairly mature on our cloud strategy. We're an early adopter of cloud mail and cloud collaboration tools. Uh, we actually adopted uh, the 365 solution back in 2014. Um, so that's we're kind of proud of that. Um, we kind of led the federal government in the adoption of cloud services with a couple other agencies. Um, but we're planning on leveraging cloud services or software as a solution services as much as we can. Uh, one of the charges is, you know, should we look at building it or buying it? And my, my comment to my folks is if we're able to source that, that service outside the agency, we should be looking at that. I've always thought of the EPA in terms similar to the SEC, and that is you collect data from regulated entities that the agency itself doesn't collect. In your case, it would be the state environmental agencies and so forth come into EPA just as the SEC gets Edgar data. So is that what, – what, how does that work at this point in history and is that something you're looking at for cloud? Uh, we certainly are. Uh, one of our offices within within the CIO shop is actually looking at that and they've been very successful uh, with uh, Central Data Exchange for many, many years on bringing data in from states, tribes, and regulated community and then pushing that back out. Uh, they're certainly looking at how can we – uh, better optimize the sharing of those that data to those communities. And talk more about the digitizing of the workforce. What does that mean and what form could that take? Right. So one of the things that, that, that I looked at when we develop applications is we've got to look at the full life cycle of the data, right? It can't just be 
we're developing an application, and as a, and an afterthought, we print a, a paper record to PDF and file that. We've got to look at and make sure that as we're doing application development, we make sure we consider what is the final disposition of that record. Uh, and we actually build that in instead of bolting it on. Because sometimes employees inspect facilities or they go do data gathering in the field. There's quite a bit of that type of activity. So is that fully mobilized and are the applications they might use deployed mobily at this point? Yeah, they're, they're working on that right now. Uh, as you might expect, there's, there's a lot of folks who are focused on um, making it easier for, for the inspectors and the EPA employees to do their job smarter. That's one of the things that, again, I've looked at my folks and said, you know, our, our job isn't uh, necessarily uh, to dream up the next IT tool and, and try to find a, a use for it. Our job is to work with the mission folks within the EPA and not really understand what they're looking for and how we can make their lives easier. We're speaking with Vaughn Noga. He's CIO and Principal Deputy Administrator of the Environmental Protection Agency. And with respect to shared services, what services do you hope to share and what are the sources of the services themselves? Right. So more importantly than shared, I look at what are we going to consume. So I had an opportunity to work in facilities for four years. And one of the things we looked at, facilities, uh, worked in facilities, uh, personnel and physical security and safety and health. And we looked at some of the solutions that we had to because there was no other way of doing it. Um, we had to provision ourselves. So something as simple as, as um, delivering a, a common access card, a CAT card to our users, uh, we had to develop the entire system. Uh, one of the things we did last year is we looked at services from GSA, U.S. Access, and made a decision to adopt that. Um, it allows us to save some dollars um, and actually increase um, the number of locations that EPA employees and, and new hires can go to to get a, a, a card provisioned. So that's that's one service. What about finance or personnel services, those kinds of things? Sure. Um, we outsourced um, uh, HR services to the IBC uh, several years ago. Uh, we're also in the process of, of getting out of the, the – having our own grant solutions system and, and working with HHS to migrate to grant solutions. And we're also looking at, at things like time and attendance. These are services that traditionally uh, we built ourselves – uh, but there's really n- no reason for us not to consume these services from other agencies that have these good solutions in place. So that implies that you're not really trying to modernize legacy applications in a big way, but rather just migrate instead to uh, consume services or what officially is called a shared service. Right. We are looking at if, if the service is available f- um, coming from another organization, another agency, then we should look at that first before we go off and spend significant resources on developing something custom. Now, there are applications unique to the EPA, and what is the status of those, and what's your strategy for developing new applications or replacing those unique ones that you have to have? Yeah, we're in the process of rationalizing our portfolio of applications. Uh, We're looking across EPA and looking where we have common or duplicative solutions in place and working with those stakeholders to identify those solutions and looking at elevating those point solutions, if you will, to the enterprise. So where you may have multiple regions or groups who have traditionally developed their own application, we want to bring the community together to have a discussion about having an enterprise-wide approach, uh, which would include uh, delivering on that application in a shared service or in a cloud solution, uh, but we would provide it a common solution uh, across the enterprise. Across the EPA enterprise? Correct, across the EPA enterprise. So for those legacy or EPA unique applications, you're trying to rationalize them. That means reduce the number of them. 
and then also drive cost out of operating them. And so what's the strategy to do that? Correct. I mean, again, that's that the strategy behind that is working with those stakeholders within those mission offices to really look at. Like, for example, the uh, Superfund people. Superfund um, or the permitting folks, really looking at those common themes that occur across applications. So if you look at permitting, um, several several of the offices, air, water, um, have permitting programs. Should we be building separate permitting infrastructures or applications within their applications or looking at a common, you know, there's a front end for permitting. There's the permitting workflow, which may be unique to each, to those offices. But then there's the, the Well, maybe they the could permit. redo their workflows to match what you want to do for the enterprise. Correct. Yep. And that's what people used to say about COTS is to adapt the federal process for the COTS. In this case, you would adapt the individual program processes if necessary to fit what you're deploying as an enterprise application. You know, which is sometimes the largest, the, the largest struggle, if you will. So when you, when you look at um, applications and you look at adopting COTS solutions, um, we're getting out of the, build, the business of custom developing or taking a COTS solution and trying to, to layer in uh, government requirements. We're really looking at how do we adopt the solution. And, and the biggest challenge is we may have to change our business process, which requires a change in behavior. And sometimes that's the largest the, the largest struggle we have is, is working within those groups to change uh, those business processes. And as you also look to adopt cloud for these applications and storage, does that also let you use microservices perhaps to enable you to customize them or reconfigure them for each mission area without really starting over with new software? Exactly. And, and, our, and our chief architect um, is actually looking at that and working with the groups to look at those. What are those microservices that can be shared across multiple platforms? And do you have the money you need to uh, get all this done? Uh, I think that's always – that it always comes back to do you have enough money. I think one of the things that we're really focused on is, is prioritization of those applications. So we may not have the, enough money to do all the applications at one time, but how do we prioritize uh, the applications and the work on those applications and take them one by one? And getting back to the employee standpoint, collaboration tools, you mentioned 365 has been around for almost five years now at EPA. Where are you headed there on getting people to work together? Right. So so the initial push for the adoption of 365 was to migrate email. But what we found is we have a great platform uh, with collaboration tools. And so we expanded use, uh, certainly using Skype um, as a collaboration platform. Uh, but one of the things that we're really pushing right now is how do we increase utilization of Skype? Uh, it's a great opportunity to leverage this platform uh, and to connect people. And what we found is uh, people were using a conferencing service. They were having a five-person conference um, uh, utilizing uh, – could be a fairly expensive service. And, and we need to maximize the usage of Skype because it's there. It's available. Um, and this is one of the things that we are, we are pushing out right now, uh, working with uh, the EPA employees to increase the adoption of Skype across the, across the enterprise. And – Behind that, there is a communications infrastructure, and as the EIS contract ostensibly rolls out, I mean, these take a long time to get adopted, uh, and people are looking to maybe move beyond what they had under the previous telecom GWACs. What's your strategy there? Yes, so we're all in for EIS. Um, We modernized the network uh, many years ago, 2008-2009 timeframe, really transformed the way that we uh, manage the, the, the wide area network within the agency. Um, and we are looking at leveraging the capabilities within EIS um, and, and, and expanding on those capabilities that we currently have. So we're, we're working with GSA. We're working with the teams right now to, to start pushing that out. 
So when all of these things are coming to fruition, how would you describe the EPA IT environment in your 2B status? Um, so I'm, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm biased. I've been at the agency since 2008 and seen a lot of changes uh, within the agency. I think um, you know where we are today is is we have uh, we have enterprise solutions in place. Uh, I think we are delivering. Uh, Good quality services to the employees, and, and our goal is to ensure that they they continue to be productive. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that we're looking at is just expanding on that, continuing that. Um, I think one of the largest challenges that we have um, is you said communications within the, the the network side of it, if you will. One of the largest pushes for us is to how do we how do we improve our our communications to the EPA employee? How do we Explain to them these are our solutions and this is how to use the solutions. Uh, one of the things I've, I've told my folks is, you know, we're IT people. We can make it work. But, but our customers, the EPA employees, don't want to just make it work. They want it to work. And so this is one of the, the things that we're singularly focused on is as we start developing solutions, it's just got to work. It's got to work whether they're sitting at work. It's got to work if they're teleworking and sitting at home. It's, it's got to be an end-to-end solution, and, and one of the things that, that I'm, sing, again, singularly focused on is we're not going to deliver a solution unless we can actually meet that need. And what about your data center strategy? Because cloud seems to go hand-in-hand with reduction in data centers, and yet agencies still feel like they need some data centers, and they have to be optimized for 21st century technologies. Yeah, so we've done a tremendous um, – have tremendous progress in consolidating our data centers. Um, we've reduced our f- overall footprint. And one of the other things that, that we've done, not only reducing the total number of data centers, is reduce the size. So, again, I worked in facilities. I, I saw the size of these data centers, um, our computer rooms, if you will, uh, across the agency. And um, we looked at the total cost um, just in the real estate uh, and, and the lease costs for these data centers. And, again, this was another impetus to, hey, we can reduce the size of the data centers. We can consolidate um, those assets into into centralized data centers, and we can save the agency money by reducing the footprint of these data centers. So if Administrator Wheeler walked into your office and said, give me the figure on how much we've cut our data center costs by, you could give that figure? I could. Vaughn Noga is Chief Information Officer at the EPA. We'll post the interview in its entirety at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Listen on demand by subscribing at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at Pluralsight.com slash vision. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. 